the greatest insurance against uncertainty is optionality. The greatest insurance against uncertainty is optionality. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Actually, it is still afternoon. We're early today, but we'll welcome back to Social Convos. I'm your host, Diego, together with my co-Shanluk. Shanluk, how is this holy for you? Well, to everybody watching, especially for those who are tuning in live, I have a blessed, yeah, have a blessed day. For me, different. I'm, I'm getting older. My wife is... We all are. We all no, are. my wife is actually went out. To, to celebrate holy in the inner city. There's a lot of great parties today, all in walking distance from one, one another. But for me, I'm getting a little bit older. So I enjoy being here behind the camera, behind the mic, chatting a oh, little so bit. So you mean you. older in the sense of, you know, not going out, partying, celebrating. Aging. Aging. Should we call it aging? aging? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what worked for you? I, I guess I'd, I'd describe it as more getting on that more peaceful, it's, it's, more it's quiet. It's peaceful, quiet. See, we had a long-standing tradition. So with, with, with our neighbors, when I was younger, we, we had a very big holy celebration. We actually got together with all the children from the neighborhood and mm-hmm. we celebrated holy together and it was really fun. I actually have injuries from it. I have two like big gaping holes which have been stitched up in my, my right shin. Because of, of holy, I was running away for some, from somebody and then I slipped and I slided. Oh, yeah, man. I slid into like con- to concrete, like a concrete corner. And I had two gaping holes, had to go to the emergency room. I wouldn't allow anybody to operate on me. So my dad actually had to get the stitches in and only got the minimal amount of stitches in. I even recall... Me being there screaming and this nurse came to me and she was like, hey, there's a girl on the other side who's about your age and she thinks you're a, a wimp. And I, was, okay. and I was like, make her think I'm a wimp. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> at, at that point, I'd be yeah, with you. So, like, so the holes I don't care what anybody else thinks. Holes where they were, they were close to the bone. So the, the wounds were pretty damn deep, you know? And at first when I when I... I fell down and I, I didn't actually feel, feel the pain at the time because it kind of, you kind of like get an instant sedation where you don't feel it. But as soon as I saw wounds, I was like screaming for my life. And then I came back from the, like- I came back from the hospital because also not just our neighbors, the, the, ki- the kids from the neighborhood, but also friends of mine came over to, to, to celebrate holy at our house. And then I came back and with the stitches in, and I went on and played table tennis the same day with my friends. And then the Friday after, I went and played soccer, like football, and like all these things, and played on the beach. And all those, like there was a, well, there was a small beach field at the time. And I played there as well. So basically, I didn't give it any rest. So I still have like two very, very distinctive marks on my right, right chin. Wild times. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I guess the last time I really 
went out and I'd say celebrated, you know, powder and color, everything. I think it was university time, maybe one or two years after university time, 2013, 14. I would guess, yeah, because then, you know, you still had some friends and they go partying and they drag you along like, <laughs> yeah, come in the back of this truck and we're going to drive around the city. Yeah. No, do I different have some colleagues 10 years people, ago. So yeah, like you said. I say, yeah, yeah. Then that's the around the yeah. time. I that was the last time. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the truck driving though. What what was that kind of experience for you? It was it was interesting. So, it, you know, the 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 big white or blue trucks, well, not too big, but you know what they usually do to transport stuff. Sometimes they take out trash with it, but it, it has a roomy back. And it was, I think, a bit retrofitted, like with higher railings. So we had a bunch of people in, in the back. And so we gathered at a friend's place. I, I didn't know it. I was just going with another friend. And then we had some powder, everything in, in the truck. And then you stop, you drive around the different places. You stop, do some throwing around. And then you, you just go different stops throughout the afternoon. Yeah, basically you party with everyone, right? So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like whether you know somebody or not, like you, you can instantly see in, in Suriname during all day, you can instantly see who wants to get involved and who doesn't. Like if somebody's completely clean, usually let them be. Like unless you want to have them. Yeah, it's being more respectful. As soon as somebody is like powdered or over, you know, like, okay, we're... Yeah, go all out. And I'd say the, the other times was more like, I guess, rally times because there's always... Yes, there's uh, also a rally. A, rally. a, a, a yeah. Pagua rally, rally yeah. uh, close to the rally. Yeah. So those were the other times, the more recent times. But then it's just, you know, you're, you're in a competitive mood. It's quickly like, <laughs> poop, poop, summer, and then go on. I, I saw they did it last Sunday, actually. They had one again. Unfortunately, I couldn't take part in that one because I didn't get a partner in time. And yeah, that, that was the last time. I'd say. I actually posted today, I posted a GIF on, on Facebook, which was exactly 10 years ago, in 2013. I took it out. Of, oh, yeah. I saw it too. like... This doesn't look like a reason. No, no. I was a, I was the other. <laughs> I wasn't really funny. No, that that was a couple of colleagues of mine were like, Hey, let's let's go out to the city. We had a colleague from the from the Netherlands over at the time and we're like, Hey, let let them experience like so we went out to the city and I actually got into an after movie by Lustig. At the time Lustig was still doing the independent square in Suriname. They've now moved to a different location which means there are several parties. But at that time, it was like the tradition was listed at the Independence Square. And the cameraman who made the after movie uh, was there and was like, let me try something quickly. I want to blow like a bagua powder in, into the lens, which didn't completely yeah. work. If you see the Jerry, you're going to see that it kind of, yeah. the, the wind just takes it away immediately. But the effect was cool enough for, for him to put it in like half a second to transition to another part. So I actually took it out of there and just made it into a, went to Gippy to make it into a GIF and to be able to upload it straight to Facebook. So that's something our, one of our guests taught us. So I was like, yeah, let's, let's try that. Let's experiment. And it worked, worked pretty well. And I'd say the other thing is like food. No holiday is oh complete without food. <laughs> yeah. So what, what yeah, did so you have today? I actually had really, really good. 
I'd say Roti with yeah. Dan Dan is in the chat, so huh. uh, he's saying you know different age, different priorities. So we we're at his place and kind of cook on the spot. Basically, Danny did most of the cooking as always, but was really so good. So was it the, was it the chula? Was it the chula? No, 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 not the chula, but you know a, a big pit, big, big wok, and everything in there, the masala, everything. Get some potato, you know, that the traditional roti, but really homemade. Oh, nice. It's really good. Yeah. And then we just hang around. <laughs> He's actually got school in it. That's 50%. Yeah. We help, you know, you like with the potatoes <laughs> and, and some casualties along the way. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. So today's episode is going to be a What's on Your Mind Diego episode. It's basically. You get to rent several topics, topics that you feel like are close to home at the moment or things that you do want to talk about. You feel are important and get a little bit under underrated when it comes to, to the current situation in the world that we live in today. So you feel to, say- to feel the decide the direction of the flow of this conversation today. Yeah, if, 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 if we're going to, going to the part of underrated again, I think one thing I do want to emphasize is, you know, even with everything going on, if you just look in within the country and if you just look how people are celebrating today, especially, just being here is underrated. Yes, it's, you know, maybe not everyone is having it as good as before, but if you look at the quote-unquote freedom you have here, it's still underrated if you put it into perspective, into the broader sense. And I think that's something that's highly underappreciated. And this comes obviously by being exposed to, you know, different cultures outside, having traveled around. I'd say Suriname is, and for the most part, is the homiest place for me. Okay, so when you say like a homiest place, is it, is it the people? There's, the there's a certain mind? degree of the freedom that you have from a from a jurisdictional perspective, you know. So, like, what? What? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, jurisdictional perspective. Yes. Maybe you're not as free to move around if if you have the you know Surinamese passport to travel. You, you still need to go go through certain processes and screenings. But the freedom you have with other things, like you can just decide, you know. You're going party in, drive a few hours to a Brocopondo or somewhere, and you can just go to in the, in, the, in the interior and chill there, relax, reset your mind, or just go to the districts. It's very accessible a lot of places if, if you exclude the really rough places that you need to take a plane or go to a few days. Those are the extreme ad- adventure places, but a lot of places are very accessible. And in a sense, you know, if something's wrong, you can... It's so small, you can be sure that you know somebody that knows somebody that's right around the corner that would be able to help you out if you have, for example, a car problem or something. Within 15 to 20 minutes, somebody could be able, can be there to assist you. So in that sense, I'd say yeah. it's, it's a bit underrated. And let's see, what, what else would be underrated? Yeah, if, if, you're, if we're talking about, you know, the career side of things, the, the pressure side of things. People talk about the rat race a lot, you know, the, especially recently getting out of the rat race to your career, 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 especially the people in their 
to any studies, very career-driven here in the red race. The red race here is very loose, I'd say. It's more like a hamster wheel. <laughs> do, do, um, do elaborate a little bit more on that to, to provide context. Yeah, so imagine, you know, I, I have friends, you have friends in the Netherlands, you know, they, they commute like one, one and a half hours, one way sometimes because they live in a different city, to head to work, to head to the office, and then you spend eight, seven, eight hours in the office and then you head back. By the time you're back home, it's like 6, 6 p.m. maybe, and then you're like exhausted. You got to cook, you got to, you know, maybe you're, you're going to the gym and then you got to get ready for the next day because you got to get up early again. And if you look at, you know, yes, we have it bad with uh, currency, you know, the exchange rate, but that's contextual to where you live because the cost of living there is exceedingly higher. If you break it down in percentages, what do you keep? Granted, what you keep there abroad is more than what you keep here you would be able to do with that percentual, percentual less money there. But that's all into perspective in how you define how you want to live your, oh, how you want to design your lifestyle, right? So that, that's what I'm kind of getting at with the, the freedom to try stuff. There's, there's, no, there's less pressure, I'd say, here because there's also the... Well, not for everyone, but for most people I know, you know, that familial uh, safety net that you have. Whereas if you're somewhere where you don't know anyone in a city, total stranger, and you can't meet rent by the end of the month, there's a different pressure here. Pressure there, I mean. So those are the kind of things I think are still underappreciated, if that makes sense. That's, that's, that's a lot. So which one would you like to dive deeper into? that you feel like we don't really talk about it a lot. I'm going to explain. You, know, I, you, you just made up like a TED talk, I, right? Go ahead, go ahead. I, no, no, no. Before I bring this up, because this might go a, a, a bit deep. And it is, so it's kind of a statement. No, go. Uh, we want to make the statement. So, so I was watching an anime recently, and it's very mature. It's about the kind of the time period of the Vikings and you, you have war and slavery and everything. And then there, there's this farmer who is explaining to the slaves, he is actually trying to help about why he's so, yeah, I, I, I won't say nice, but you know, he's supporting them. And this is kind of a quote I got from it. And I'm going to read it out to you because I wrote it down actually. So it states, too much wealth brings about misfortune. Increasing your wealth makes you fear losing it. You spend money to assuage your fears and then have to earn more. And this kind of ties back into the rat race thing, if, 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 if you're related to that. Because people work for, you know, I'd say, they, they try for generational wealth and then try to build their status, try to build their net worth. And by the time they're 50, 60, okay, yes, now it's time to enjoy your life. But as you build wealth, you become kind of your own worst enemy because if you're not careful because you build up you build also up also generational up, wealth you, if you get around a generation that doesn't want the same structure and just 
push it yeah. all off. What do you do then? So there's there's different fears that come from it. Like as you said, the next generation might lose it. There might be other things how you might lose it. You can misplace it, misinvest it, and then comes you know you're gonna look for different ways to protect it, and that kind of drives you to earn more because you need to earn more to pay for the protection to protect it. So it's a, it's like a spiral. So kind of that that's one thing that stood out to me, especially as times are now uh, on, on both ends of the spectrum and having experience like what we've been through the past two, three years with the different, for example, crypto bull and bear cycles. That's where people kind of, you know, got too much too fast. So do those it does does our gambling tendency get the best of us? Elaborate on that. So what would okay. you gambling yeah, tendency? Basically it's gambling tendencies. Because if you if you look at the market, like in general, we, we could talk about crypto, but we could even talk about the stock market. We can oh, talk about the broader market. We can talk about like any any kind of situation where you're betting on something to become more valuable compared to the status quo. Like there's no predictor, there's no fine line, there's no guaranteed get rich. Otherwise, everybody would have. No. It. So there's not. Yeah. So basically, we're gambling. And whether or not it's a 50-50 it's a gamble, a 94-51 gamble, or like so, a 1%. Here's gamble. the thing I want yeah. to break down in gambling. Yeah. When you say gambling, I would place gambling into, you are putting ratios there, statistical ratios. Yeah, well, gambling is gambling for me, basically. It doesn't matter yeah, what the but, ratio is. Yeah, but if you know the ratio and if you've done the proper probability check, especially you can learn a lot from poker, actually, I won't consider that completely gambling. I, I would place someone under the term gambling if they just YOLO'd into something without no, any research, no, without no, no, any probabilistic. Like you can make a calculated gamble and you can just go like full on no. insane. For yeah. me, it's the same. When I, when I hear gambling, it's like without due diligence, no, just, you know, no. trying your luck. See, and, and that's the no, whole that, thing. That, okay, okay. 90% of the people that gamble would say like, I'm with Diego. I take calculated risk. Like, no. No, no, no. gambling. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's the problem. Then, then, then. Yeah. Okay, people then, gamble. Then I'm gonna like it. even. I'm going to post yeah. a counter okay, uh, statement to this. It's entrepreneurship gambling. Oh, yes, 100%. 100%. 100%. If you're placing it into that context, yeah. then I, I would agree. Like, and, and so, here's the situation, though. And, and this is what a lot of people don't understand. It's like, it's easier for somebody to gamble if they're playing with them, them house their money. So this is, this is why I'm very careful. I'm very, very careful with pushing entrepreneurship and saying like, hey, I'm an entrepreneur, do like I did and become successful like I am, is people don't know the background and the context of my situation. Yeah. And I can, I, can, I can guarantee you that if people take the model that I've taken the last six years and they replicate mm -hmm. it exactly the same, they won't get the same results as I have. No. Because there's a lot more. There are so many more factors to take into account. Uh, a recipe does not equate the same okay. results. So. That I do agree with. So imagine, imagine the following. 
you're going to a casino, right? And there's a guy over there and he's telling you like, this is the system and this is works. And, and I win every time. And you start hanging out with him and you do the exact same things that he's doing. And after three months, you're down $500 and he's up to thousand. And you're like, I'm just unlucky. And then two weeks later, when no, you stop, you, just you find out, no, no, no. When two years, two weeks later, when you find out, it's like, hey, wait a minute. He's the son of Casino. You know, that's, that's the All difference. Right. Or his mom or dad is a, is a high stakes a roller, a high stakes gambler there. And he gets comps from the casino because yeah, some, somebody is somebody related to him as a high roller that actually loses But then again, dozens. not the same recipe. You get part of a recipe. Yeah, exactly. If you're comparing those exactly. two. No, but but that's the same thing that happens with entrepreneurship. So yeah. So like a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs, like we get pitched, the media pitches like the one percent that makes it. Like for every yeah. for every Facebook, there are nine hundred. There's like nine or nine more more that just that fail. They got they got venture capital. They fail. Right? They didn't, yeah, some didn't even get to the venture capital. Didn't even stage. get to the the venture capital stage. But we don't talk about them. We talk about the ones that succeed. And then you get into situations where they expand, they grow, they grow, they grow. And they sometimes become like this, this company that gets too complex for one person. And then either they bust because the company's leaning way too much towards one person, or they go into like the, the corporate structure where you have different layers. And then it becomes interesting because then kind of the structure stay put. Like there are a lot of companies that are basically bankrupt, but they keep getting afloat by all these measures that banks are taking and yeah, making sure injections, injections those kind of things. They're, 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 they're just surviving. But, but they're not really successful companies. So it is a gamble. Like it's it's like there's certain situations that make you more likely to win. And also and that's why I compare it to gambling because I know a couple of casinos that I have a structure that I know I have a higher rate of having fun with my money than yeah. others. Okay, so coming yeah. back to your original question, what was it exactly? Do our gambling tendencies what? Yeah. Do, the, do our gambling tendencies sometimes just get the best of I think it's if we're talking about gambling tendencies, then I would relate it to winning and trying to get more. And if you break it down into how humans fundamentally are, they strive to get more, they strive to get better, they strive to get that safety net. They, coming back to the statement I was giving, they try to earn more, be it an easy way or not, to kind of hedge and protect themselves for potential dangers. So if they see an option, a possibility that might get them there, it kind of dilutes their fresh logical perspective and oftentimes react emotionally to try and get that shorter route to be able to, I'd say, get a step ahead or get an extra layer of protection, re not realizing that 
there's a higher probability that it could go the other way around. Okay. And then I would say in those situations, the gambling tendency as you described it does get the better of most people. If you misuse, exactly. If you misuse, I think I'm going to get a lot of heat for saying like entrepreneurship is gambling as well. I, I, I do want to state that first of all, but I'm just going to be honest. To me, it's, no. it's partly gambling, but also... That, it's also with that frame of reference. It's also better. Then I can support okay. you. But it's also very beneficial. Like there's some major benefits that you get from being a, even as just a solo entrepreneur to have owning a business with multiple employees. There's certain benefits that you have that you don't have when you're an employee. And I was recently talking with my dad about this and he was going through data that he had seen in different situations already. And one of the things was like, he was saying like, why is there such a high turnover in companies? And we were discussing situations where the CEO of a company would make 10 times or 100 times the salary of an of a entry-level employee. And, and yeah. that's one of the major things that current generations are just like not buying into anymore. Like, listen, you, you can't do that. Like, if you're a CEO, you're not all-knowing, especially if you're sh- a shitty CEO to, to just call some, some CEOs out. If you're a shitty CEO and you make a hundred times the amount of the entry level person that comes into your company, sorry, people aren't going to stay. Like it's on based on what is the CEO making that much? Yeah. This, it, sometimes it's a legacy. Sometimes people buy into it and they don't mind, but we're just not as accepting as, as people were 20, 30 years ago, that that should be the standard that because of you working longer there, of you having a high position that justifies that you earn an enormous salary compared to the rest of the company. People no longer accept that. So that's a very interesting thing as well. And the thing that makes it difficult, these CEOs have a lifestyle where they spend that money as well. And yeah. And that that's another thing I want to go into when you just mentioned their lifestyle. And this comes back to the underappreciation, I'd say, that we have here given the lifestyle that most people have here, especially if you take, say, an average person, not average, but if you look in your circles, someone who goes out, you know, once or twice a month, goes on the river, goes in the interior, does something. And if you would quantify that into an expense ratio and use that same amount abroad, that would be, you know, getting some noodle soups and some some bare essentials just to get through the month because 60% of that's going to rent, just rent. If you look at the disparity on just living costs in here compared to something like the Netherlands or the United States. So that that's something you can't compare. And we're talking about that lifestyle again. Some people have a certain lifestyle that they need to sustain, say, you own like, you know, two, two story house, six bedrooms, four bedrooms, two garages, four cars, and you're only living with one other person. That's kind of a hard lifestyle to sustain. The, the expense ratio that you have there is considerably much more. So if, if you have this, as you mentioned, the shitty CEO who earns, you know, 10, 100 times more than the entry level employee, if he has to maintain that lifestyle because he spends 
a, a thousand times more than that entry-level employee. He's basically still living paycheck to paycheck, even though he's making considerably more. But also, I feel like it's a show. Kind of like, look at this is the lifestyle. This is the goal. While well, it's, it's not. And I think... Okay, so then we're talking about status. Yeah. Then we're talking about, you know, kind of showing up or trying to prove something to someone or to be included in certain and I think I think what we're what we're the situation that we are having is that people also when they look at that situation they consider those people like really successful and include them in social groups based on that appearance okay I want to pose a question I, I was watching in interview it was one of the coaching platforms about trust with Derek Curry and someone else and he was asking what how would you define success oh and now we're looking at you know the perspective we're talking about this status people perceive this person as successful but then how would you in the context that you're using success now is it from the perspective of the person the individual or is it from perspective of the outside looking in. Okay, so what was the answer first? And then I'll get into it. Well, there's no specific answer, but I, I would say if, if, you, if we're talking about success, it's about you, the individual. If other people think you're successful and you're, you're living a, a barely day-to-day life, I, I wouldn't define it as successful. For example, for him, it was, you know, success leads to happiness. And I, for me, if, if we're talking about success, you, you need to relate that back to your values. Can you do what you want every day and, you know, not, not have to struggle? I, I consider myself on a successful trajectory because I'm, I'm not needing of having that pressure to, to compare my values to freedom. If we wait that, I don't have that much pressure to do certain things because out of necessity. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to make it interesting. I'm going to take a song that recently came out last month. All right. Do you know this rapper NF? Do you know Nate? I do not, unfortunately. Okay. So NF is a very, very, he's one. But I can look at He's, he's one of the rappers of this generation who was really, the cine, you're going to love the cinematography of his, of, of his music video. So look up NF Hope. And this is from that song. NF, NF. This is, and okay. I just watched it after a social convos is over. So. Oh, I see the yeah, cinematography. Okay. So he goes, what is, what is my definition of success? Because he asked this question in a previous song and now he's answering it because he's transitioning from the, the black, like the old Nate to the new one, the, the hopeful one. Right, right, and he right. says, what's my definition of success? Listening to what your heart says. Standing up for what you know is right while everybody else is. Yeah, this standing up for what you know is right while everybody else is tucking their tail between their legs. That's basically what he's saying. So when you're successful, it's you first of all, you listen to your heart and you stand up for what you know is right while everybody else is tucking their tails between their legs. Basically, that's that's he, he wraps it differently. So that's why I had to through the lines completely. And then the second thing, what, is, what he says is, what's my definition of success? Creating something no one else can. Being brave enough to dream big. Grinding when you're told to just quit. Giving more when you have nothing left. 
I mean, that's for me. That's that's saying more than like what a lot of so-called gurus are saying about what success. Success is yeah. related to fame. Success is related to money. Those are kind of the things. That's that, the 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 mainstream picture. That's the mainstream kind of picture. That the society yeah. has competed. But yeah, that that's one one of the things that. And I think I'd those two things that he said. Look. The, the 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 first lines listening to your heart right and creating something nobody else can i mean like that's that's distinctive that is something i feel like okay that's just that's and just just to put it out there you know how tremendously difficult it is to create something that no one else has yeah Because this brings me to the, the, the if, if we're going to transition topics again, creating something that no one else has, if you're coming back to art. And we've talked about a lot about AI and machine learning in the past few weeks as well. Art, there's just almost nothing new because a lot of what exists today is based on or derived, is a derivative of an iteration of that something someone in the previous generation tried, iterated on, failed, or reused. But and I want to challenge this argument. And, and wait, not, not just art only, if you're talking about innovations as well. Like innovations are built on, on top of another. So would you... How many thoughts do you have a day, Diego? I can't count them. I'm, I'm having like, 10 simultaneous thoughts right now. Imagine if every thought that everybody else in the world had was made into an art piece. Even, yeah. even an AI tool would be, wouldn't be able to keep up with it. Mm -hmm. So there's so many combinations. Like if I would think of- Even an actual this moment. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's the thing. But if I would think of, 10, 10 different variations, and you would think of 10 different variations. We would already have 100 variations. Mm -hmm. It's not just 20. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the, the multiple. So in, in one sense, yes, everything's tried already, but not every thought has been executed already. And that's kind of, no. that's what the luxury we're, we're, that we're, we have as a... As, yeah, as no, a, with that, what I mean to say is there may be slight variation to a certain degree, but if you break it down into the core principles and stylistics, et cetera, then it's based on inspired by. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. Or other works, for example. But you know what the beauty of that is as well? We could take something that's completely, was completely unpopular, I think 20, 30 years ago, or even 200, 300 years ago, something that's failed miserably in that time and resurrected today and it could be a success. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, then we're coming back to the definition of success. Then it's success, if we're talking about not success for a person, but success of a concept, then it is how perceived or how adopted is it by a broader society. Yeah. Then that, that's another definition and context for success. I'm thinking whether or not we should go down the rabbit. Let's, <laughs> let's go to the next. Let's go to the next topic. All right, all right, all right. So wait, what's next? 
Well, you've listed a couple of things that you feel are on. Most of the things you've listed are very surname related, are the things that like are applicable for the rest of the world. Like we're discussing, we're always broadening them to be, make sense in, in other parts, other countries of the world as well. But is there something specific like from your travels that you feel like we don't appreciate enough what it's, whether we know it or not in Suriname? Something you've seen mm. somewhere else that you're like, hey, but this could be useful for, for every country in the world. Something that would be useful in every country in the world. There isn't anything that immediately pops up if you're talking about, you know, production concept-wise, but if you're looking historically, I'd say one of the most useful innovations that we've had in the past few decades, and it's applicable widespread, is basically the openness of the internet. It's that has basically, I won't say leveled the playing field, but has at least granted certain people access to resources and knowledge that they would previously not have because they're constrained to their local environment. So that's one thing, one innovation that would be applicable. And building up on that is, yeah, it's how do you leverage that into a more global network? So, because is internet a basic need? In the lifestyle that most people have now, and if, if you look at how a lot of businesses operate, and to continuously stimulate the economy, and I'm not talking about the local peer-to-peer -peer eco economy, the broader economy, then I would put it into that category as a base, basic need plus for doing business and actually yeah so, so uh, in interacting with let me frame it differently you know the maslow uh parable of yeah i know right? the maslow okay, so, needs. Okay. so can we but so, so okay, look, the the basic, i want to i want to continue yeah. on this this question do you feel that self-education is a big no self-education wait this is a tricky one Okay, well, no. you, <laughs> you can distinguish between self-education and education or you can say like, hey, I'm going to, for the ease of it, I'm going to use them interchangeably for this argument. Look, basic needs, if you're talking at the lowest level, is basically food, water, security, to shelter. Those are mainly exactly. the, the basic yeah. needs, according to Matthews. Above that, you have then, if I'm not mistaken, and help you out if I'm missing something, is... The, to function in society, I think it's a job, friends or something. I think it's, I think no. it's belonging. Let me, let me quickly look at Belo be Belonging, let me, yeah. Let me, yeah. And then you have the other layer above that, that's more like a career driven. And then you have, yeah, if you have the third layer, let me know. But then you have the tip top and that's actually where most people are. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, so, that, that's, that's, so the, that's a goal. It's in, the physical in, in level, situation. physical level, security, social needs, Acknowledgement, self-actualization, right? Yeah, acknowledgement. Okay. So acknowledgement would be, you know, getting that good job, getting the promotion, getting the, getting the yeah. recognition, getting that status. For example, it, when we talked about a CEO yeah. or getting a circle, so that status. And then self-actualization is more like the spiritual. And I would put 
that self-education, specifically, if you're talking about self-education, yeah. under self-actualization. Really? So here's the thing, though. If you, if you have better, be, better education, if you have better knowledge, you will, you, will strive, you will strive earlier on the lower parts of the pyramid, right? Yeah, but the, 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 that's why we're distincting education and self-education, education by a framework or structure. Okay. Because but, how I'm yeah. framing self-education is kind of, you know, searching or looking for solutions, educating yourself to get that actualization, to get that problem solved, to get that higher level of thinking and looking for exploring the pathway to find that and to maybe make an impact or leave something, a legacy or create something totally new totally as you described in the song. I totally agree with you on that. But hear me out. If we're going to say the internet is a basic need, right? And the framework yeah. for the basic need is having access to information that we previously didn't have. I would really say that when it comes to education, education should be, if you want a society that becomes more equal or at least there's equity to, 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 to live a similar way, education should be much lower on the pyramid. It should be much more of a security aspect, right? Because yeah. if you have that education, you're able to go through the bottom layers of the pyramid a lot yeah. easier. Agreed. Agreed yeah. on that part in, in that framing of okay. education. But I, I actually want to bring this even further. If, if, yeah. if we're looking at, have you read the dictator's handbook? No, I, I don't plan to, <laughs> but go ahead. Enlighten me. It's, an, it's really interesting. And it's not about just, you know, dictatorship and how do you call it? It's, it's also any form of ruling. So it also applies to democracies. So if, if we're looking at how the power dynamics play into different types of power structures, and for the sake of simplicity, the most common one is, you know, the dictatorship, the authoritarians. And to a certain degree, Education, if you look at how all these social relief aid programs play around, how the, they support the third world countries, there's a lot of initiatives to, you know, to support education to a certain degree, to a certain level. And basically what this book, The Dictator's Handbooks, goes into you educate your society to a certain degree that they know how to ride, how they know how to function in society. But you don't teach them anything more than that, whether you start to question you want followers within the society. So if you look at all these relief programs, all these support programs, it's only oftentimes, I'd say 90, 95% of the times, it's for oh, it education. Right? Yeah, you don't fund somebody to do it, dethrone you in 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 any any sense. Exactly. Of course, it, it makes total sense, right? It, it doesn't make sense to like give somebody give somebody guns so they can rob you. That doesn't make sense, right? Exactly. So you just give and, them something to maintain the yeah. gun, but not how they can use yeah. it. It makes total sense. Bad example, but sure. Yeah, <laughs> very bad example. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, it's 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 gonna be that way. 
So coming back to Maslow's hierarchy and overlaying it to different systems, the education to a certain degree, yeah, it's, it's, it's in that security layer, but I'd say the gap to go from that layer to the actual, you, you have to make a lot of steps in that pyramid. It's huge. The, the, the steps get bigger and bigger. And this is also why I feel you're, that's why I talk about entrepreneurship being gambling. Like you could be in different stages of the Maslow pyramid, like different hierarchical stages and try to become an entrepreneur. Somebody who's at the lower levels pyramid is just has to work two, five times harder than somebody that's mm. born into the top layer of the pyramid to become an entrepreneur. It's just, it's just not the same. So yep. the, the situation is different, but they're both still in a gamble. The only difference is like the one at the top who's already in the self-actualization. Yeah, the probabilities. Becoming an entrepreneur because of self-actualization has completely a different, a different mindset than somebody who is sitting yeah. in the security phase of, of and in the survival phase. Survival phase. So it's it's that's why I say it's gambling, is and why it's different from different for different people, but it's still a gamble. Okay, one final, so, well, final, final thought for, for this episode. What's really on your mind? What's something that you feel like people struggle with that we should talk more about? I, I have a, another, another interesting quote here. I wrote it down. I think I got this one from a podcast. I'm actually not sure which one anymore, but to complete try to go full circle and complete the thoughts, you know, on what we talked about is gambling, organization, safety nets. I want to post this one. The greatest insurance against uncertainty is optionality. The greatest insurance against uncertainty is optionality. And the reason I wrote this one down is actually kind of, I liked how clear and short it was, but if you break it down into what it actually means, we talked about safety, Maslow's hierarchy, and we talk about gambling, talking about entrepreneurship. There's a lot of uncertainty in that. And how do you hedge against this uncertainty is by having a lot of options, having a lot of optionality, having a lot of avenues that you could explore. And this might derail into the beat of generalization and specialization, but I, I don't want to go that direction per se, but going back into optionality. And oh, we could go that of, direction. I, I know of some segues out of it, if you need to get out of it. Yeah. But maybe to illustrate this to a more practical side, if, if you're talking about, you know, gambling and investment, for example, or trying different businesses, you try different things, you hedge your, or you try different options to make sure you often hear this one, don't put your eggs in one basket, but you hedge against the uncertainty by trying different things. And if four of them fail, one of them makes it, you spread that out again. So you keep trying and you make sure that you don't put everything into one thing, into one option. And if that option blows up, you have nothing left. 
So that's why I think trying different things, especially when you're younger and giving you more options would be beneficial to a lot of people. So in this context, answer this question. What do you feel? Are people being judged by their successes or are they being judged by their failures? Judged by who? By other people, society in general. Okay, by the broader society. In, hmm, it goes both ways, I think. The people that make it get judged a lot by their successes. Do you think so? To a certain degree, yeah. I, I don't have anecdotal okay. evidence or statistics. This is more like opinion and feeling. Based. I'm going to give you my feel, like what I feel. Like you said, we, we aren't researchers. It's not our spe- it's a field of specialization. I feel people are only judged on their failures if they don't have succeed successes that are bigger than their failures. Repeat that again. You feel like people will not be are only yeah. Judged. So people will only judged on their failures if they don't have any successes that are worthy of noting. So that's an, a big if statement, basically yeah. a big condition. Yeah. So if there's something you're su- you're gonna you're successful, like you had some success in something, then people are going to that's gonna whenever be people are bringing up the failures, they're gonna be like, yeah, but remember that successful thing that that person yeah. did. They they don't won't discount that. Like, so the only way that people are going to go like, oh, this is really a failure is like, if there's so many instances of failure that no successes were there can, can kind of gravitate the attention away from the failures. Okay. Then the counter question is in this context, how many failures get widely known to be basically judged on? Well, they don't get widely known if they're important to other people. So that's also so, a thing where people like, especially when young people approach me and the scare of failure, like before your 30s, nobody's going to care about your failures. They're, they're yeah. just not. Like I used to get upset when I was in the 20s. A lot of people would come up to me and say like, man, you've got a lot of talent or man, you got a lot of potential. I love your potential. I love you. I got so sick and tired of hearing <laughs> you have talent, you have potential. I was like, at a certain point, like, I was like, wait, I'm already achieving things. Why are people still calling me a talent? I'm almost 30. Why are people still saying I have potential? And, <laughs> and, and it, it was, it, it was getting frustrated, frustrating for me, but I understand it a lot better because now I tell it to people that are 10 years old, like, <laughs> Hey, yeah, you have a lot of, and they get upset with me. Like, hey, listen, I've already already achieved this and this. Why are you still saying potential? So I I do feel like before your thirties, it's like you basically you can do anything, and if you have something successful before your thirties, it will stay. It will definitely stay, even if it's yes. like old. You can as you can you can still live on. Oh yeah, you did this ten years ago, and people will know you for that and have a positive connotation towards you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though it's surrounded by many other things. And again, a lot of the things aren't really widely known either because not everyone sees the struggles that many, you know, especially young entrepreneurs go through. 
aside from that they go publicly with. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say it's it's fair to say, you know, they get known more for their failures or successes because you don't see all the tries. And then I used to like this quote. I like it a little less because Edison has not been in a positive light anyway <laughs> since Tesla came up. But Thomas Edison has the, the famous quote, right? Yeah. I haven't found 10,000. I haven't failed 10,000 times. I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 things that don't work. How it, how it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get disconnected? Anyway, so... No, I'm still there. If... All right. While Shandu gets back, I think we can close off with maybe... One or two overrated, underrated. Sure. If you have something in mind already, let's let's get it. How to make roti. Overrated or underrated? I would say. Or, or the, skill, the skill to make roti. Let's, the uh, skill to make roti, it's... Yeah. It, I would say it's, it's properly rated. I feel it's properly rated. It can be underrated sometimes because you can, you can get many benefits from that skill. But I don't think it's ever... Let's, let me say it differently. I don't think it's ever overrated. Okay. It's, it would know. never be overrated. It's a nice to yeah, have. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, underrated, overrated. Yeah. Jalebi. Jalebi. Overrated or underrated. Describe what it. Okay. So jalebi. how it looked like. So jalebi I, is, I a, it, is, a, is an, an Indian sweet delicacy that's in general kind of orangey. It's, it's very, it's being fried. It's and then sold to get to the right temperature. It's been popularized by Jason Derulo with the song Jalebi Baby. But oh, it's, it's a sweet, right? It's the sweet that you usually, if you yeah, go yeah. to a roti shop, you can, you can get yeah, it yeah. as a dessert. I'm not too fond of too sweet things. Yeah. So for me, it's a bit overrated. But as with any cultural delicacies, there is an underrated place for it. But for me, it's... Slightly overrated. The fact that you're like, yeah, I'm not sure if I usually go for that. It kind of gives it, gives it away already. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, last one for me. We talked a lot about AI in the past few weeks, but one term that has flown over the radar is machine learning. So machine learning, underrated or overrated? I don't feel qualified to answer that. I just don't feel feel qualified to answer it. I feel it's properly rated. It's underrated in the sense that there's so much that we could learn from it and are going to learn from it in the future. On the other hand, it's overrated because... I think if you're talking about branding and mainstream, it is underrated because a lot of the things we label as I know and things that we've gotten if you break it down, it's more machine learning than actual AI. True. 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 But, but also it's being over... Yeah, it's not being overpopularized at the moment, so I'm, I'm okay with it. The last one for me, gaming. Oh, you know what I'm going to say here. Underrated. For me, it is underrated, especially at a young age. Granted, there's different types of games. Yeah, so do you feel like all but, different games? No, like I, strategy games. I'd say strategy games. I'd say game 
gaming and thought processes that go through gaming because it actually, for me at least, it enhances learning, dexterity, and decision-making. So in that context, I, I'm not counting the, you know, the mindless swipe games, uh, et cetera. Is that mindless though? The mobile... There's also some strategy. Yeah, I don't agree, like the, 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 <laughs> the, the mobile games, but I'm actually, if we're talking about gaming, like, you know, actual games. Okay, let's take one from one, a familiar one that's very popular now, Among Us. Among Us? I'd say it's underrated. Yeah? There's a lot of psychological and decision-making happening there. And it's not just, yes, it's a video game, but it also forces you to learn how people act. You can start to notice patterns, tells that people do. And if you're playing with friends, if you know certain people, how they operate, it actually teaches and forces you to know how certain people behave. So it's to a certain degree behavior. So in that sense, it's behavior. like the modern furniture of poker, like Texas Hold'em poker, or yeah. even Mono or yeah. even Monopoly. I, I would say poker is like vastly underrated. I I, I would like to learn poker to to a. I, I won't say professional, but to a, a competitive level. I, I would like to learn it at some point. We're, we're going to pick up on that in another context. But I really want to thank you, Diego. It was a fun episode. We kind of shifted away from different topics. And for the next couple of weeks, I think, we have early episodes of Social Confos. So it will be interesting. We'll be back next week. And we don't have much more to say, right? Yeah, that's it for this week. The batch of February has been published on the website, so it should be on all streaming platforms as well. And March will be our, this episode will be published next month. We're doing batch releases now on the website. So stay tuned for that and we'll look out. With that being said, this was Social Convos. Bye-bye.